Hello, welcome to episode number 308 of the Apolog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Now, I'm sorry for the mic sound. I, I left a microphone in a case in a trailer, and I have to use a, the cheapest mic I own, and I apologize for the pops and the poop sound. Anyways, moving on. I'm a professional. I can rise above this. This podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins uh, for your digital audio workstation. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. If you want to support my work on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel anytime. Go to apolog.ca slash shop to buy stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Um, like and share on Facebook. We'll go on to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simonhead666. Today, I have on the show Mr. CC Voltage of the band Autogram. Autogram is a kind of a supergroup made up of different parts from different parts of the different countries. They're a synth-driven power pop trio based out of Vancouver. They have a lot of influences. I, I heard some Monk's influences in there. Also, the Cars, Go-Go's, Gary Newman, Devo, all that good stuff. CC was good enough to talk to me a couple of weeks ago. And I, I've been so crazy busy that I didn't have time to put it out last week. So for that, I apologize. They actually just they just put out a new, um, well, like last month, they did a premiered an, um, a video called "I Am the Situ I Am a Situation." It's 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 great band. It's fun. It's it sounds. It reminds me of very post punk, and I love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, CC Voltage of the band Autogram on the Upload Podcast. So many pops. Welcome. <laughs> We've started. Yeah, man. Right, man. Um, so I guess the first question, I mean, I, this isn't really a question answering, answer kind of thing, but the, I, I, the question is, how do you guys handle having bands split up in different countries? How does that work out? Um, well, we're, we're kind of just figuring that out now. <laughs> Josh, um, well, he was on tour with uh, Destroyer when this whole thing happened, drumming with those guys. And uh during the pandemic and they had to come back on their bus in the middle of their tour. But anyways, on that tour, or I think shortly before or whatever, he had found a, a nice lady in, in Chicago and decided he fell in love and, and was going to move there. So that kind of happened during the, the pandemic. So we haven't actually had uh, any time as a real band that can tour and do things um, until now, now that things are sort of opening. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. Josh is in town right now doing some recording with, some other bands so we we had a couple beers the other day and chatted about it so we're looking at maybe going out to to, to chicago in november ish kind of thing and try and set up a few band or a few shows in the midwest and now that he's out there and he's the studio guy anyways we, we we're planning on doing any other recordings we're doing in chicago and we're always happy to do some traveling so yeah yeah it like fun. yeah it's it's the core it's three members right the core the core group? yeah yeah it's three of us so uh power trio Power trio. Power trio. <laughs> it's true. Do you um I you know I've been listening to the record and I'm I'm like I'm really I'm about halfway through. But one thing that really sort of amazed me is that there's a song on here that could be on just normal radio and then there's a song that sounds like like the the monks played it or something, you know what I mean? Like like this <laughs> it's such a cool diversity of tunes. Uh, like Jody is a cop is a monk song. It fe it feels like a monks, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, band of monks. Cool. It feels <laughs> like the reference. Yeah. Uh, um. So, did you guys kind of go out of your way to to try to diversify, or is this something whatever comes, you just put it down and record it and call it a song? 
I kind of, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we're sticking to the original plan, which was that we, you know, like we were kind of just going through 80s and 70s power pop and then sort of like Devo-esque stuff and Gary Newman and just even right to the, you know, police, just 80s stuff that we liked in general, which wasn't necessarily cool 80s by like, you know, like record collectors terms, but just like stuff that we grew up with and that we liked and thought would be fun to try and emulate a little bit. So that ranged from like punk stuff to, to, to like cheap trick even, or, or, you know, like more mainstream stuff and, and then weirder stuff like Devo and, you know, so it wasn't really like uh, there was a plan to have one certain like band from the eighties sound, but just sort of an overall sound. So that's why there's a bit of variance, I guess, in how we. Yeah. Yeah. Now is this, is this a, um, I, I don't want to use the word, but is this sort of a, a band of other bands that get together, like a, a super group of sorts, or is this an actual thing that you guys are fostered from the beginning? Like, how did you guys start, I guess, is the question. Yeah, um, kind of ish, yeah. I mean, like, we're all, we've all had sort of music careers, if you will. Um, you know, I'm putting those in some very big quotations. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so with lots of experience in touring and putting out records and all that sort of stuff and just sort of having a background in the industry in general. So it, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know if I would call it a super group, but it's just kind of three dudes who've been around for a while doing different projects and music. And, and yeah, so we've got a bit of experience in, in that sort of stuff. And we got together really just cause, uh, well, Jeff, I was living in Berlin in the, through most of the 2010s and, uh, Jeff had visited at one point and, I think we he had bought a 2020 record while he was in Berlin. We were listening to it at the place he was renting, and we were like, "This is it. This is the band we want to do." So we kind of had that in mind for a couple of years. And then uh, Josh, of course, was always on tour with various bands, so I'd see Josh in in Berlin as well. And so I don't know. We kind of had this Berlin connection, and that's why we kind of chose a, a German name for the band and stuff like that. And when I moved back to um, Vancouver in 2017 or 18, it's a few years ago now. Uh, we were like, yeah, let's just let's do this thing. And Josh had a bit of downtime from from Black Mountain, and and so we had a bit of time to throw some songs together and record our first record. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I mean, having because like, I've had lots of conversations with guys who have started bands from other bands, and it feels good that they can kind of use all the knowledge they've had gathered up and not have the luggage of other bands. And now I'm projecting the fact that you know there's always luggage with bands that have been around for a while or playing. When it's good to sort of kind of start fresh, but also have all the wherewithal to know what's going to happen and realistic expectations. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I like, was there a, a question? It's not a question. It's a conversation part. That's just, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like that, that it's good that we all bring these sort of things, the, the baggage part, like, yeah, that's true. I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's certain baggage, I guess I bring with <laughs> being in the spitfires. There's definitely, we, we burned a few bridges in our day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that we're, we used to be banned from playing clubs altogether in Toronto. So that was, you know, I, I think that might be over with now, but we haven't really ventured that far east i think we've only done one show in toronto we've been mostly focused on like the west coast and, and then we did europe and mexico and more or less just fun stuff but yeah i don't know and i mean also like the band is um although we are you know we're pretty active and well well before the pandemic we did a whole whole lot of touring and stuff more than i thought we were going to do we're all sort of like you know jeff's a dad i'm i, I work full-time josh has other projects that are very busy so it sort of is a side project that became a little more serious than it originally was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, I, I really like, and it's your second record, right? Number two? Yes. Yeah. When did the first one come out? 2018, September, September, 2018, I think yeah. it was. It's good timing. Yeah. That's good timing between records, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, I'm sure with like, you, I mean, you're probably speaking with a lot of different bands that are releasing stuff right now, and you know, during the pandemic or at the end of the pandemic or wherever we are, we have no idea. Right. But we're just started, um, man. It's just starting, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're the fourth wave is coming through. Fourth, yeah, fourth wave. The, the variant. We got to get, we got to get through the Greek alphabet and then some other alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. It's, 
it is. I don't know how about it, how other bands have talked about it with you, but yeah, releasing a record in 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 the you know the scenario we're in is a little bit sort of anticlimactic. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like here's the record, all right, it's release day, and and then you're like, well, that kind of fizzled out. <laughs> it's true. We put a my band put a record out last year. To, well, the start of this year, and uh, or the end of last year. I don't even remember now. Yeah, exactly. That's how important it was to the. To the he's like, I think it came out in 2020, but I'm pretty sure it came out in 2021. But the fact is, is that there is, you're right. You you want to do it, and the and the most natural thing you want to do is go play it live, and you want to sort of feel it out to see, and then make your show and sort of make something exciting for people and for yourself as well. And you can't do that. You can't do that right now. Yeah, exactly. And so I mean, we we put more time into trying to get it, you know, push it to radio and, and press and stuff like that. But that was everybody else's agenda too, right? Yeah. So it was like the competition was, you're, you know, you're putting out an album at the same time as all sorts of other bands that are also going for the same spots in whatever media they're looking for. So it was, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think it did well, all things considered. I think it, and I think it's going well and we'll probably have a chance to do some stuff in the next little while with it. But yeah, like you, like you said, like it's just a little bit sort of anticlimactic is the word I use. Yeah, well, let's hear. Uh, I guess I'm I'm a situation is you did a video for right, so uh-huh. so set up the video part because I, I was reading a bit. So you you were trying to get people to sort of input from other, but you you kind of left it with there's an actual filmmaker that that worked on this right the, the actual video part of it. Yeah, well, we originally the idea was we just wanted to make it sort of like this video where we had all all of our friends in various cities around the world, like you know in Australia and Mexico and. Paris or wherever places that have subway systems mostly we're like we want to make this a subway video and people will be getting on the subway and it's just going to be like this mundane day in the life of people riding the subway but so we threw it out there to like everybody but at that point it was basically like people were like love to help you man but uh, you realize that you know we don't really want to take public transit <laughs> in the middle of the third wave of a pandemic right so mm-hmm. so we uh, our friends uh, in Berlin just did it and we were like oh wow that's cool we didn't actually expect anybody to, to do it so and dana dana works on videos and stuff like that with peaches and different sort of bands in in berlin and so she she did the recording and kim who's the, the sort of the main character in that video or the only character in that video is a is a good friend of uh our, our band as well so mm-hmm. so yeah so we just it's just a sort of a mundane day in the life sort of black and white video watching somebody take transit around berlin Sorry, y'all, look a faulty design. Well, I am a situation. 
Uh, those, they're, those Epic Hub albums are the first one I, I got into, anyways. The Green and Leafy album, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were such a good, uh, such, such a great band to tour with, because nothing phased them. Like there was like a light switch. You just turn them on. They get on stage and like click, and it's bah for like yeah. seventy minutes, and then click off, and just you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, they taught me a lot about touring. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, so you, yeah, so you've toured, you've obviously sounds like you've, you've toured your whole life, right? So. Yeah. I mean, I guess for, you know, getting started in my early twenties was about the first tours with the Spitfires back then. And we would just like, yeah, those were, those are awesome days. But I mean, you probably remember how it used to be where you'd make phone calls and you'd and send out press packages that you've made, made of like photograph or not photograph, but. Uh, like photocopied kind of like. Stuff and demo tapes and, you know, and you book tours around phone calls and letters and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was, those were, it was kind of fun days. Yeah. We did, we did our first tour. The very first tour I did with the Spitfires was Grant Lawrence from the smugglers who kind of opened up his Rolodex for us and was like, here you go. He's like, these are all the places that we know people. And so I, I was able to say like, Hey, Grant from the smugglers gave me your contact. So that kind of, you know, opened yeah. a lot of doors. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we hit the road and we did this massive Canadian like six week tour for, you know, it's the first time we'd ever left home, basically, and saw the all of the U.S. Mm-hmm. It was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, the first tour is always the best tour. I think you know my first tour was we went to Portland, Oregon to we we were open for Down by Law, uh, and we drove right across the country to to end up at Portland, Oregon to play with Down by Law, and it was like yeah. one of those moments. Like the trip was more fun than the playing part, but just because yeah. you're excited, you're like, oh my god, we're we're it's so fun and new and everything. And we're meeting people. We don't know who like our band and, or like the band after they see us, they don't know who we are when we first show up, but it's always yeah. good meeting new people and going like, yeah, they're like-minded people in different cities. You don't think they exist, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. The first, and like you said, the first time around, I mean, well, we used to like, like you said, that, that long drive you did. I remember we got a call once it was, we were talking to fat records. They, they were, they were sort of interested in their our first record. So when, they called and they were like, can you guys come play on like Thursday night? And it was like Tuesday or something. We're like, <laughs> hell yeah, we can. So we just jumped in the van that morning, you know, we drove down. I can't remember how long it took us, like 14 and 15 hours or something straight, driving to San Francisco, played the show and came home the next day. And of course, Fat Mike like came up, watched watched us for two minutes, turned around, went back to the back of the bar and didn't watch us anymore. <laughs> Made his mind up he wasn't into it in like two seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's funny yeah. to think that that's sort of how it worked, you know, like, now it's like, how many followers do you have? And uh, are they real followers yeah. or are they bots? Um, yeah, there was definitely a time back then where you could say uh, there was a relationship you made with the people that booked your shows and, you know, put you up for the night. And I, I think it still exists. I think somehow or another it might still exist, but I don't know what are your thoughts because you, you still travel and stuff, right? Occasionally. Well, I mean, yeah, the last time we were out on tour was Europe. And, it, and I mean, I can't. Yeah, I would say maybe not so much in the UK and stuff like that, but definitely like in Northern Europe, like if in, you know, the Netherlands and Belgium and uh, Germany, they really take care of bands. And yeah. uh, it's still the same sort of thing there. I mean, there's always been a much more sort of, sort of, uh, just got to plug the computer in here. Sure. Uh, I mean, rock and roll has never died there. It's, it's always been like, it's kind of gone, gone in waves here, but it's always been a steady thing in Europe and and those and those venues and networks are still sort of alive. And the same people who've been doing it for the last like thirty years are still doing it, right? Same booking agents, same clubs are going. You know, it's like it's just a lot of stuff has held on, which is wild. Yeah, there was there was a time and a place. I had a band in the early two thousands, and we decided just like you know what, North America. We couldn't get arrested in North America. Couldn't put a record out. Uh, well, we did, but nothing happened out of it. And then I send one demo away to to Sweden, and it's like, hey, we'll put it out. It was Bad Taste Records. Put our record out. And like oh, nice. we went and opened up for the weaker thans on our first tour and and like we we toured there like six or seven times. And it was like one of these moments I'm in my early thirties and I'm like, this shouldn't be happening. Like <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. First yeah. of all, I'm the promoter's eighteen, I'm twice his age, and uh and you know what I mean? It's just like this weird, like kind of weird moment. But I mean, they don't judge. It's like they don't I don't know, I, I don't I kinda know why, but I have a theory, but it seems like they're not image based or um, cool based. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I don't know, like there's this ageism thing too, I guess that, that, that is, is a thing in some places. I don't know. 
know if, I don't know if I feel it so much, but but um over there it's like a, you go to a, a, like a punk show or a rock show like you're you're standing side by side with some dude who was like you know at the sex pistol shows in 76 or 77 right yeah. it's all it's they they've been there the whole time and they're still doing it and 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 still putting on shows or radio shows or whatever they do right it's it's uh yeah it's not it's not wild to be like in a crowd where everybody is you know present yeah no matter what age you are it's a bummer the underground closed because that if i ever had a chance to go back we had a pretty good in there because uh, we played there the most in, in Cologne than any other city. We played we played that city the most. And- oh, I love Cologne. I, I lived there for a year. I did like a like a sort of like a, a work exchange thing oh, in wow. two thousand four. So I lived there, and I've got a bunch of really great friends there. Well, we played there around that time. So we opened oh, yeah, we-, we opened up for Ten Foot Pole on that oh, uh, the underground. Was it? Yeah, it was the underground. Yeah, yeah, the underground. That was a great spot. Yeah. The band house and the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I went looking for it on Google Earth, and it's like it's a construction site as of whenever when you look on Google Earth. It's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably condominiums now, but that place was such a cool place. I mean, like, you, it was like that was our first time we ever played in Europe, the first time we ever played on, on a tour in Europe, like anywhere, really. Actually, it was our first real tour as a band. And to go there and, like, here's some food and here's a place to stay and, Here's yeah, some beer, yeah. lots of beer. You know anything else? I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. Still like that, and like, yeah. And everywhere you go, it's like, here's your vegan dinner because they know, like, well, you know, everybody like, which is great because Josh in our band, he's vegan, so it was that works out. But I think that that's kind of the standard, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thing in here. The one thing I noticed about like about Germany is that they don't they don't really filter what they think about you. Like if they like you, they, you know, and they can also say like uh, a German person can say, I, I really liked your first song, but your second song was really shitty. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't actually care for your thoughts. But yeah. <laughs> now you've given to me. I, uh, uh, I think I will take that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things I, I, you know, I come from a German family and I speak German and all that, but I got to say like one of the, one of the, main reasons i moved back was just kind of sometimes the german just mentality or you know attitude and just frankness gets gets a little bit to you we'd always come back to canada on you know whatever christmas vacation and stuff like that see the family and you know just be like oh my god like this is it's true canadians are crazy nice yeah once you're away for a while right you're like <laughs> this is insane it's, it's very nice to be in a civilization that operates in a, in a much more friendly to each other sort of way yeah yeah no i i agree but the efficiency of german germany in particular is is uh it's second to none i mean like you know everywhere you go it seems like there's so there's a plan there seems to be a plan you know and that that's very cool i um i love germany i love italy uh i haven't been to austria enough to really love it but there's a place there in uh vienna i don't know um yeah in vienna it looks like it's an old army barrack. I think it's, I forget what it's called now. Munich has backstage. There's like every club. I think I've been there and they all have like little separate little venues, like the big venue and then the small venue and the medium. Yeah. Venue. It's like, there's even purpose made rock and roll places there, which is like, what? That doesn't exist. That shouldn't exist. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have, you've probably played Berlin too. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, there's one uh, place. I forgot what it was called, but it was a place. It was quite small. Um, it's wild at heart yes wild at heart there you go yeah yeah it's a staple of the rock scene there yeah for sure there's whole areas i mean where in in berlin where it's just like these wild like sort of wild west like crumbling buildings where where they put up shows and punk bands and stuff it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of amazing we were playing in italy at this place and it was a squat and it was a it was an anniversary of like 10 years of of the first time they were raided so like we're playing this <laughs> show and it's like are they gonna? It's the tenth year anniversary. This is a special occasion. Maybe they're gonna come by and bust us all up again, you know? And and uh, yeah, nothing happened. But it was like this is amazingly set up, efficient, awesome venue. You'd never know. It was like they were kind of they're just living there. They tapped into the power somehow, and you know, there's a skate ramp and foosball table and uh, yeah, and a punk venue, and it's a place to play. <laughs> we actually, I got to do this crazy punk rock boat show in Venice. And you were talking about Venice. I was thinking about brought that memory back to me. It was this, uh, I was doing, I don't know if you heard of the band, the loyalties, but that was a band I was in for a little bit. And yeah. I was, I was living in Cologne at that time. And then I was playing sort of with, with these guys in, 
in London, Rich Jones from the Black Halos and from Michael Monroe was living in London. So I was going back and forth and we wrote a bunch of songs with Tom from the Yo-Yos. And uh, so that was called The Loyalty. So I played with those guys for about a year while I was living in Germany. And then we did this, this rock and roll boat show thing in, in Venice where it was just like, it was actually kind of awful because we were like six hours on a boat in Venice and like the super loud music and you can't get off. And that was kind of crazy. Yeah, we did one of those with us and a few in Sydney Harbor, and uh, it's on video. Like it's it's on YouTube, and it's pure chaos. Like it is insane. There's no mixing position. You know what I mean? I remember we showed up, and I was like 24, 25 maybe, and. I'm like, where do where do you mix? He goes right there beside the stage. I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then like we 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 actually had like this moment where we took the boat, where we loaded in, and we did a quick sound check, and then we ended up picked all the people up by the opera house, and we we're like, oh no! And you could see the lineup of people. I'm like, they're not going to fit on this boat, are they? Like, are they on this boat? It was in, that was like pure like I'm surprised nobody just fell off because there's so many people like you couldn't move around, but yeah. it was like one of those moments you're like. Who thought this up? And how safe is this? Are we going to die? Like, yeah. never fun. <laughs> yeah, so, there's a couple of years where this there was a, a short-lived magazine here called Nerve Magazine in, in Vancouver. And they put on a couple of boat show sort of things in the harbor here in Vancouver. Same sort of thing. Like, I, I think people did fall overboard and chairs were thrown overboard. And it was, yeah, it was, just a, yeah, kind of one of the wildest shows I've ever been to was one of those. Yeah. World- here in Vancouver. I think, anyway, I think they tried them. They tried those in Toronto. I don't think there was like a few bands did it, but it was like it was a money losing prop. You know, otherwise you'd have to charge like a hundred bucks a ticket or whatever because the boat was so expensive, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And see some shitty punk rock band on the boat. <laughs> I thought it was funny though because one did where Ontario Place was. They actually took the like the boat really close to Ontario Place, and everybody was like mooning the people in Ontario Place, like, and it was a trigger happy show. And uh, a band called Bad Blood, or was it yet another possible? I don't know, whatever. But it was like one of those moments you're like, yeah, this is never going to happen again. Like, yeah, this yeah, totally, gonna, never going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's hear another song. Uh, I really did like this, um, the mantra song. I, I, oh, cool. Yeah, let's let's hear that.
think it might have been called Red Autumn Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of that band. Yeah. He's he the the guitar player Rags, Rich Ragony. He's uh he's over in London now doing a cool band called uh The Role Models. But uh yeah, he was in that band in Calgary. One of the few Calgary guys I know. Yeah, there's another great band out of Calgary called Field Day. Uh John Hebert's oh, yeah, old, old they're a great band. Um, yeah, awesome. the smalls are I think the smalls are still a band out of Cal or out of, out of Edmonton. I think they're still together. Oh wow. And, and there's another band out of there called Choke. And uh I they're doing a tour opening up for propaganda this this fall, actually. I just noticed. And like Choke's been a band since the mid early nineties. I'm s- pretty sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You remember this, you remember that band El, the El Caminos? Yeah. From- <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I used well, to go. Camel was that his name, the singer or something? Or Camel or I don't know. Any, I don't. I I spent a lot of time in Calgary uh, in the late nineties. Well, mid, like ninety seven, ninety six, ninety five. Because yeah, I used there was to, good I, bands in Calgary. There's the a lot of great bands. I used to travel with my recording studio, and I used to just set up in people's houses. And I was there the longest in any city I've ever been in was Calgary, and it was a month. And I recorded bands, and that's before the days of like Sunday Sound, which which turned into like the place where all the bands recorded. Because it yeah. was affordable and it was good, but until then, like I just pull into town and set up. And uh, there's a band called um, Rebel Young Republicans that okay. I and and this guy uh, Cameron Brass, who's still around. I see him on Facebook. He I he know him. sure I know yeah, he, yeah. He was in that band where he's in bands like it or close to it. But it was like this cool scene of bands back then that they're all unheard of bands, but they would like just all hang out and they all had like it was like it's such a community. That I'd never seen before, not even in Winnipeg, when you know it was like they'd have breakfast and lunch together, as like all the bands would meet and be very, very sociable. Yeah, and there, and there was that amazing um, festival that they would have up there with killer bands. Of, uh, back the high, in the, in, the Highwood, or High, high River, or high, high, yeah, High River. They did two years, and the guy who was like the main promoter got like charged with embezzlement. Like he actually oh. stole so much money out of that festival i hope i'm doing that's what i heard but i went there i did high high river festival and it was south of calgary right and uh it was the same it was when the ramones were kind of getting like touring again or something like it was sort of 91 1990 whenever it was and uh, I was with a with an industrial band called Mal Havoc, and they're like, "You guys are on at ten o'clock." I'm like, "Okay, ten o'clock rolls around. You guys are on eleven o'clock." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> "Okay, you guys are on at two o'clock." <laughs> like, what? So they put the band on at two o'clock in the morning, and um, it didn't go well. It did not did not go well. I don't know why it took so long to get on stage, but they're like such a simple band. Like they weren't even drums in the band at that time. It was just like all industrial guitars and screaming yeah that's the worst as a band when you're waiting you're just like by the time you're playing you're like well um, you know the thrill's kind of over at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was their first tour too i put a bit i think would have put it around 1990 then 91 was the one where the well, i think where everything went south uh i think there was this flood or something that now nah, maybe i'm putting a couple of years together i know they had a huge flood there um a few years later that like the whole area was underwater like 10 feet of water at one point um crazy yeah yeah the high high river high river yeah high, the high something or other that's yeah. what it was yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I remember it though and those i never actually got to go to it but i remember how how stacked those bills would be yeah i saw it well, i saw oh man who i saw cub there um i saw oh who not jesus lizard but in that same vein like there were so many great bands playing that night that I saw yeah. because it was like, I don't know what happened. Maybe they were just throwing bands on because they didn't play the night before. Maybe there's a rain. I don't know why, but they had all these great bands on the night we were supposed to play. And then we had the choice spot. It's 10 o'clock. It's the choice spot in the summer. Cause it's like the sun's just gone down, you know, or, you know, it's time to time to hang out. Um, a sad statistic of that actual show is that there was a bunch of like, there wasn't enough security. So there was actually a lot of bad shit going on in the campsites. Like bad. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, soured the whole thing a little bit. Whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, can't can't get away just from you, you. It was his first you one. You were talking about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I overtalked you. No worries. Um, yeah, I was just thinking because you were talking about that that bands having to wait until playing super late. I remember when we were uh, 
just starting. And that probably was on that first tour I was telling you about with the Spitfires in, in whatever that was, 98 or 97 or something like that. But we were opening for the Groovy Ghoulies in New York City at uh, Coney, Coney Island High. <laughs> but when we got there, do you know Coney, Coney yeah, Island Yeah, High? yeah, I've been there a few times. It was like Jesse Mullins' place or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah. Pyro, one of those. Pyro, little, I think. Yeah, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't do sound check. That was the thing I, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy little spot. And so, but when we got there, we're like, oh, this is wild. We're, we're headlining. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so yeah, again, we like, we realized like we waited for like, it turns out like the really good bands play early <laughs> and then like the, the shitty bands or the ones that nobody knows at least at the, at the end of the night. Cause everybody takes off and cause the train stopped running at like, I don't know what it is, 1130 or midnight on weeknights at that time they did anyway. So everybody was like, who lived anywhere outside of Manhattan was gone. Yeah. So we're playing to like an empty room at like one in the morning or something. <laughs> we played there and we're like, we arrive, we pull in the front. This is, it's kind of obviously a weird spot. Is it in Greenwich? I don't know where it is. Exactly. Saint Marks. Saint, yeah, St. Marks. So we pull in and there's a guy walking by with an SNFU shirt. I'm like, hey, man, you come to the show. And he's like, what show? I'm like, we're <laughs> right there. The band is here. We're playing there. And he's like, what? So I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, guys. I don't think the show's going to go over so well. The only guy I see in New York City wearing an SNFU shirt doesn't, he didn't, know, the doesn't know the show's going on. So it's going to be a little quiet. And it was. Yeah. It was a weird spot because I think they were in the middle of they were all, they're getting all these noise complaints because it was starting to like the start of gentrification and all of what was happening. Um, people would complain about the venue because they'd be playing you know whatever do the thing they do right. And yeah. uh, you guys ever do CBGBs? No, we didn't. But I went through a couple times with the Halos and they were playing there. Yeah, yeah. We went there. I was there with Voivod, and we pull in, and I go, "Hey man, you should get some water." CBGs does not give water or towels or anything to any bands. He's like, gives me this like stern, frequently asked questions to answer. We don't do that. We don't give you water. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to get some water. It's no big deal. It's a dollar a bottle. So I had to go up the road to get some water. But I was like, yeah, we went there and half the PA stopped working at one point. And it was like, uh, (laughs) a bit of a letdown. (laughs) Yeah, it's different now. I mean, just before the whole pandemic happened. It was November. I guess it was like Remembrance Day weekend when we were here. We, me and my wife, we went for a few days and I hadn't been back to New York in a long time and I wanted to go see the East Village. And boy, the East Village is a totally different place now. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. What you remember from the nineties. I don't know how how long it's been since you've been down there, but it's. Oh, it's been years now. Yeah. Almost 20 years since I've been there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the well-to-do people living there and, and sort of like, you know, just, I don't know. It just seems like any other sort of like, I don't know, shopping district in a big city. You know, it's not yeah. like there's no real character to it anymore. No. I remember um, when I was like 1920, I used to have a job where I would drive elevator parts in the back of a truck to uh, kind of close to where the West Side Highway was, is. And uh, twice a week, I drive to New York City and I'm just a kid driving a five ton truck. And, uh, <laughs> You kind of get good at parking when you when yeah. you drive a big truck in New York City. Um, it was great. I never went anywhere outside of the ever. I was always afraid, so I'd go to New Jersey and I'd stay in New Jersey because it was like better, cheaper hotels. Um, that was always the gag, right? You can't park. It was cheaper when I was on tour to take the van to Hoboken and get in my own hotel room than it would be to park the van in Manhattan, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I remember those days too, because when I I used to drive for the Halos on 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 their tours, and uh, yeah, I remember like doing the parallel parking with the with trailer. the trailer in, in you know like downtown Manhattan. You're like, if I you know, I can parallel park anywhere now. Like I've, <laughs> I've like earned the biggest gold star for as far as <laughs> parallel parking goes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the one too, and it's like you you're sort of like when you because I was I've been a tour manager a long time, and I when you do something that you turn and go huh? What you yeah. think? And they're like, big deal. You you park the van. Good for you. I'm like, no, that was really hard. It's really yeah. hard parallel parking a van with a trailer. Really hard. You know, really, you know, talking about that, it makes me think. Like, it was actually maybe more fun being a tour manager than it was actually playing bands on tour. It was definitely more profitable. Had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, yeah, I was working for when I was with the Halos. I was working for Sub Pop, so Sub Pop was actually. I was getting paychecks. Uh, yeah, you know, the band was like you know, living from show to show, and I was like, 
ching. Yeah, get a nice paycheck coming. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I mean, too, too. I, I, la- I had a band, and then I ended up. I was tour managing uh, some forty one for a couple of years, and although the money wasn't great, it was solid. Like everything was booked months and months in advance. Um, I didn't get paid as much as I should, but at the same time, it was one of those things like you're going to be on tour for two years, you know, so it's going to be pretty good at the end of it all. It just yeah. turned into one of those, uh, yeah, I, I like the band. I, I had a band I just put together and people were kind of excited about it. I was like, oh, so then I left Sum 41 to go start my own band, basically. That didn't go so well. But I still, yeah, I still I worked for bands like Treble Charger and Rusty and all these 90s kind of um, Toronto sweetheart bands. But, yeah. 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 It was definitely fun to do. I mean, now I have kids and I have teenagers now, actually. So probably, probably say, go ahead, go on tour, enjoy yourself, old man. (laughs) (laughs) He must be, you know, you know, Tony Lima, I guess. I've known Tony for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's, he's best pals with Jay Millette from Halo. I know Jay too. Jay is, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So those dudes, yeah. When Jay moved out here in Vancouver to Vancouver in what was it probably like 97 or 96 or something like that. It's one of the first people I met when I moved to the city too. So and we both like hit it off. And so I met Tony very shortly after that because he came out. So I've known Tony also, yeah, probably 30-ish years now. Yeah. You know, call the offices no more, right? I know. Yeah, it's a yeah that's a bummer. Yeah. I was just out that way. I didn't drive by to give it sort of the pour some whatever on, on, the, on the grave. I think the building is still there, but uh, yeah. I think Tony sold up uh, what, maybe two years ago. I can't remember how yeah. long I think after he left the whole like rock and roll booking thing kind of yeah. yeah plus they have the they have the london music hall there which is a pretty kick-ass venue like they have two little venues it's almost like europe where you go there's the larger downstairs venue and then the smaller upstairs venue oh, um, okay london music hall it's it's a pretty kick-ass um i guess it was a theater that they just opened up and made into a, a big open standing room only place but yeah i've been there a few times it's awesome it's fucking great. I mean, yeah. you think about what well, memory. Did you ever do embassy shows in London? Shows at the embassy? No, because Tony just always took care of everything when we got there. Yeah. That's a- the embassy was a trip. Tyson, actually, the guy from the embassy, I think he just passed away last year, actually. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But they were the place, and it was him and his mom ran this old, like, kind of rundown hotel bar venue place. And he let you stay upstairs. But all the hobos would be down drinking during sound check, like yelling at you while you're doing a sound check. And um, he, uh, they booked Black Flag like when they were a country bar. Like, no way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So and, and his mom would be talking about when we had the Black Flag here. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll history. Um, let's hear Jody as a cop. Sounds good. Joey's a cop. That that that's the song that sounds like it could be a monk song to me. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, that's kind of the short, punkiest song on the on the on that album, I think. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know, I've uh, we've we've done a lot of catching up. We know a lot of same people. That's one thing I didn't learn about yeah. this. We know a lot of the same people, um, yet we just got to meet each other over the couple of past couple of day or months or so, and it's been uh, yeah, it's been you know, it's been it's been a great yeah. Uh, and uh, sending sending a couple of cool bands your way. I'm, I'm glad that, that worked out as well. With the you spoke with uh, Ben from the Sickies, I think. Real yeah. Sickies. Cool thing is, I actually spoke to Ben before when he had a different publicist. So I'd okay. already met met up with those guys, and I don't remember, but they do like they were outside their van somewhere, like in Jasper or somewhere out in the in the middle of nowhere, and they set their their phone up so they could actually do the interview from their van. But this time, obviously, we're inside. Yeah, 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 that 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 real sickies is uh that's a fucking great record. And actually it's not even out yet. Podcast even out yet. Um first time in a long time that I've actually had a backlog of episodes too. So for that I am appreciative. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, that, that record's just been flooring me. So like it's been uh it's been great working with those guys on that. Super cool guys and, and uh the album is just insane. It's one of the best records I've heard in a while. So sounds really good. Yeah. We did something different because we actually stre- we played off YouTube the video and we did like a spoken commentary over top, which I thought was funny. Oh, nice! <laughs> fun to do. Yeah, yeah, they're good dudes. They're good dudes, and you could tell they're like, yeah, they're Cal- Edmonton, right? Edmonton man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, um, I love the record. Um, I yeah, it's uh, it's it sounds great. It's good to see that rock and roll music is still uh, kicking. Yeah, in one form or another, right? I mean, it's uh, it's all virtual now, but hopefully yeah. we get uh, get on the road soon. And uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to look in the next little. Before we before we quit, the plan was to go. We had we had Europe and Mexico coming up again. We've got a great tour agent or booking agent in Mexico who like looks up amazing stuff for us down there. So that we you know we turn that into a vacation. So that was literally on in March March fifteenth or whatever when they closed everything down. We were, our flight was the next day. <laughs> the next day. So yeah, that was a bit of a that's heartbreaking. So we want to get back. We want yeah, we want to get back in Toronto. It would be fantastic to see and I don't know. You don't want to come to Toronto. Toronto, you know, Toronto's uh it's not the same as it used to be. No, I'm just kidding. Come to Toronto. <laughs> Come to the bovine. Uh, bovine's still kicking ass. Uh, hopefully, it's going to stay open. I'm pretty sure it's fine. Uh, I heard the horseshoes thinking about moving to a different country, but though I think that what? might just be a fake <laughs> news story. <laughs> <laughs> Better not, because there's like six shows booked there for Lois Alou in in December. So, uh, oh wow! Well, three there and three in Lee's Palace because it's the same owner. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I was banned. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, man. Um. Awesome. Great talking to you. And for keep keep uh keep doing what you do and keep sending me stuff because it's it's all good stuff. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. No. Good to you, man. It was nice chatting and uh, getting to know you a little better than just emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks again. All right. Take it easy. And that was Mr. CC Voltage. Uh, I'm going to go Mr. That was CC Voltage on the band Autogram. Go check out their stuff. Um, All links will be in description to go and check them out because we need a little bit of music in these times, in these unprecedented times. We do. Um, What's happening? Um, Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe and review for the show, please. Um, What are you... Oh, yeah, Alberta, get your shit together, okay? Because I just had a show got canceled. In Alberta this week, so I'm kind of pissed off. Um, but I will see you, Saskatoon, on I believe Saturday, the 14th. <laughs> That's what we'll be there. Saturday the 14th, I'll be in Saskatoon. So if anybody wants to come hang out, say hi. I'll be out there with a band called Platinum Blonde, and I'll be out there for a night, and then I'll be flying home, and I'll be tired, and then I won't be able to do any more podcasts because it'll be Sunday, and then I'll have to do podcasts for Monday, and I'll have anybody to do the podcast. Regardless of all that, I hope you have a great week, and I hope to, you know, thanks so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show week after week. Thank you for whoever's been here for the long haul. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And so anyways, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.